And we're going to be looking at waiting this morning. So today is the beginning of Advent, and we're going to be looking at waiting. And how do we wait well? What does it look like to wait well? So we've got a couple of short verses in Luke 1, and we're going to start at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Amen. Amen. The book of Luke was written to be read aloud to a group of Jesus followers gathered in a house to share the Lord's Supper which we will be sharing as a church family at the end of today's gathering when the kids and talks come through as well. Uh, He begins his gospel with a a preface addressed to, excuse my pronunciation, I always get tongue-tied, Theo, we'll call him Theo for uh, the benefit of my uh, rubbish pronunciation. The name means lover of God and could mean any Christian, though most interpreters consider, consider it a reference to a Christian convert. And here he informs Theo of his intention to encourage faith, to encourage faith. What happened and what does it all mean? After waiting, this is the dawn of the promised era of Israel's salvation. The saving story, God's great rescue mission being engaged, underway for you and for me. This uh, festive season, as we enter into it, can be a really stressful time, can't it? Maybe we're finishing off uh, getting work things to a certain point before we clock off for a couple of weeks, knowing we need to get stuff done, Uh, rushing around with the to-do list and things that we know need done before a certain date, things that need posted by a certain date, knowing that we feel just pressure in certain spaces. But none of this is what the season is about. Advent is a time, from this moment, it's a time to quiet ourselves, to remember that God took on human flesh. He himself made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Philippians 2, 7 to 8, he himself, uh, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Advent is a time to quiet ourselves, a time to wait I wonder if any of you here have seen the film Groundhog Day. Anyone seen the film Groundhog Day? Yeah, a few people. 
It's a bit of a classic. I think it's an 80s movie, if I'm, if I'm right. It's quite a, a while back. It's the story of a self-centered weatherman who is reliving the same day over and over and over again. There's funny moments in the movie. There's, there's sad moments. There's poignant moments. But we can often, I don't know about you guys, we can often feel like that. I can often feel like I'm reliving the same day again and again and again. Groundhog Day feels quite predictable. Same old Maybe it's just not, maybe it's not just the days, maybe it's the years. Why are you laughing, Mary? Mary's got a story and I'll find later about what she's laughing about. But anyway, and as I've been approaching Christmas this year, in particular this year, I feel personally I want to be more intentional about this time than ever before perhaps in my own life and not to let it pass me by, not, not for it to be like a groundhog kind of Christmas. Do you know what I mean when I say that? To not get lost in the season, but to enter into this Advent season more deliberately than ever with God. And I want to encourage us all to do the same. I want us to encourage us as a church to do the same. To find a way to journey and to stick to it. As I was praying over these two Sundays, the 3rd and the 10th, and the run-up to all the Christmas stuff we've got going on, the word that came to me was uh, content. And you can kind of flip the word a little bit. It can be content, but it can also be content. And I felt as I was praying into this word, uh, this thing of Groundhog Day, that Lord, wouldn't, would we not be content with the kind of same old? But would we enter into this Advent season in a new way, more intentional, seeking out God? But also as well as that, would we be discontent with the content that's thrown at us all the time? I don't know about you guys, but my head, I went into Tesco yesterday and I I was like, my days, it's just thrown at us everywhere, isn't it? The content of Christmas. And it's my prayer that we would be discontent with that. Discontent with what the world's thrown at us in this season and fix our eyes on Jesus and make deliberate and intentional choices at the beginning of Advent where Jesus is on the throne. Where he is who we gaze towards. Not what the world is offering us to fix our eyes on God and amongst everything trying to distract us, to ask him, actually, what would would you like to do in me in this season, Lord? And to ask a couple of questions. In me, what are you saying? And where you placed me? Who's around me and why? And what you placed in my hands? What have I to do with it, Lord? What have I to do with it? This Advent, where and how am I preparing and celebrating God's goodness? Some good questions there. Some really good questions. Perhaps you might want to note them down. Advent is a season we've now entered into and it's a season of waiting. And it's my prayer that, uh, that God would speak in this little message as I look at waiting. And as I reflect, we're not, I, I keep saying we, it might just be me, I don't know. We're not very good at waiting. I'm not very good at waiting. And everything is so much quicker now, isn't it? I had to put in my PIN number this week and I couldn't remember it for the life of me because it's been so long since I've used my PIN number and I had a complete mind blank. You know that way where you just feel and just dread fills you, all this shopping. I'm like, four, seven, nine, does it begin with a four? It doesn't even begin with a four, but I'll give it a shot because we're so used to the contactless, aren't we? Just beep, there we go, do, do, do. Starbucks as well. You don't just drive through. You can prepare your order before. It's, everything is quickened to avoid us waiting. 
It's like the waiting needs to be reduced. The waiting needs to be taken out. Everything needs to be instant, in our hands, right away, quicken up, faster. It's almost like culture saying to us, you don't have to wait. Let me tell you, you don't have to wait. Let me tell you how this can be done quicker. But because of the lack of waiting, it's quickened our lives at such an alarming pace. Perhaps a lot of the time subconsciously, quite dangerously. If you are looking for a stocking filler this Christmas, can I recommend, you might not get it in a stocking, but actually physically fit it in a stocking. But if you're looking for a wee present, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Absolutely brilliant book. Dip into it regularly. Just full of so much wisdom on our hurried and worried lives. Uh, so if you've never read it, that's like a Inverness Vineyard Church recommends moment for the Advent season, for the Christmas season. And often it's on offer in Kindle as well, if you read on a Kindle. So all this quickness feeds into the spaces where we do have to wait sometimes. And I feel it, I don't know about you guys, I feel it rise up sometimes when I do have to wait unexpectedly. I haven't done this in a while. Oh man. This feels kind of uncomfortable, having to wait. Almost, it feels unpracticed, not normal. And I wonder in those moments, whether it be in the post office, whether it be at the dentist, the car garage, traffic, I wonder what if all, what if all this lack of waiting is actually detaching and is detrimental to our walks with Jesus? To be practicing the discipline of waiting, to journey waiting better, to hear from him, to be with him, to be okay with being still for the sake of being still. Even in the storms to know God is with you. But it's difficult and I feel the Lord wants to remind us this morning of the importance of waiting, that he is in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Perhaps that's an encouragement for some of us some things we're waiting on to pass. He's in the waiting. He's with us. Joseph waited 15 years. We've just finished that series on Joseph. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. Jacob waited 14 years. Jesus himself waited 30 years. Waiting is a thing. It's in his word. If God's making you wait, you're in very good company. You're in very good company. Yet for many of us, Maybe even when it comes down to the end of our service and we have a wee moment waiting on God, we maybe find it really difficult to engage because there's no other space in our week where we have that practice. I'd love to just pray over us before we look at a couple of points very quickly. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray right now in this moment you would slow our hearts and our minds right now. Come, come Spirit of God. Wherever there's the swirl and the worrying of everything in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, slow, slow it down in Jesus' name. I pray this Advent season, you would teach us about not only catching a breath, but learning to pause and learning to be. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would have spaces to live unhurried and unpanicked in a very hurried and panicked world. Holy Spirit, would you create those spaces this week? 
miraculously for some. Some of us are maybe thinking, gosh, where am I going to get that? Lord, would you carve out that margin? We pray that. Pray that we would journey this Advent differently. Give us those spaces. Amen. Amen. I'm determined to journey this Advent differently. Uh, uh, one of my boy, well, one of my my middle boy, whenever we chase around the house, sometimes well, he used to a couple of years ago. He would shout "pause" when he wants to stop, you know, and everything would freeze. And it's mainly because he wants to go and hide somewhere else, or you know, he knows he's been cottoned onto. But I pray that we would have moments where we just pause, where we pause, where we choose to wait with the Lord and place Him at the centre. Henry Newman says, Advent is not like waiting for a bus to arrive. Rather, it's an active waiting in which we live the present moment to the full in order to find there the signs of the one we are waiting for. And he goes on to say this, which is absolute gold. I love it. Further, most of us consider waiting as very passive, a hopeless state determined by events totally out of our hands. The bus is late. We can't do anything about it. So we have to sit there and just wait. It's not difficult to understand the irritation people feel when somebody says, just wait. Words like that push us into passivity. But there's none of this passivity in Scripture. Those who are waiting are waiting very actively. They know what they are waiting for is growing from the ground on which they are standing. Right here is a secret for us about waiting. And here it is. If we wait in the conviction that a seed has been planted and that something has already begun, it changes the way that we wait. Active waiting implies being fully present in the moment with the conviction that something is happening where we are and that we want to be present to it. A waiting person is someone who is present to the moment, believing that this moment is the moment. So, so much gold in that, fully present, seeds being planted. This moment is the moment. What an encouragement. A couple of things that I, I want to share about waiting well, that we can wait in expectation this Advent. We should look to wait with space around us. And finally, we can wait with hope. So the first thing I want to look at is wait with expectation. If we read verse 31 to 33 of the passage, uh, it says this, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. What a powerful couple of verses. Just take that in. Imagine the weight for Mary after this angel statement, this angel declaration. Imagine the wait. This is not just any other baby. This is not any other pregnancy. This is the waiting for the birth of a Savior. This is the waiting for the birth that will change the world, that will save the world. Wow. Wow. A couple of teenagers being entrusted with this wow. The most unlikely of people being thrust right into the middle of the God story. Wow. 
carrying and growing God's kingdom carrier, carrying the expectation of a nation who have waited. Wow. Incredible. If you are sitting here this morning and you think, gosh, there's no way God would want to use me. Think of Mary and Joseph. Think of that example. Plenty of example. Wow. God used these two people mightily. Hudson Taylor, a a very well-known missionary, when he went to China, he made the voyage on a sailing vessel. And as it neared the channel between the southern Malay Peninsula and the island of Sumatra, the missionary heard a knock on his door. He opened it and the captain of the ship was there at the other side of the door. And he said, Mr. Taylor, we have no wind. We're drifting towards an island where the people are cannibals. Hudson Taylor replied, what can I do? I understand that you believe in God. I want you to pray for wind. All right, Captain, I will, but first you must set the sail. Why? That's ridiculous, the captain replied. There's not even the slightest breeze. Besides, the sailors will think I'm crazy. The rest of the crew will think I'm crazy. But finally, because of Taylor's insistence, he set the sail. 45 minutes later, the captain returned and found the missionary still on his knees. He shouted to him, you can stop praying now. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. As we are in this season of waiting, this Advent, can I encourage us, Inverness Vineyard Church, to be a people who set the sail? To journey this Advent with renewed expectation of God Almighty. He sent his son for us. His love knows no bounds. He never leaves us. He has a plan. As we wait, we set the sail. In verse 13 of uh, this passage, we read of Zechariah in their old age, never gave up, kept showing up. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Maybe Maybe your sail is fresh urgency to pray. Maybe it's around prayer. To set the sail of prayer into Advent and into 2024. Maybe it's dreams that have felt trampled on. And 2024 is about setting the sail again. Whatever it is, let's look with expectation ahead. As Mary would have as she carried the baby Jesus. As people waited for the coming Savior who, change, who will change the world, we remember we have God's Spirit in us and we are to carry expectation into every space, every space. So we wait in expectation, with expectation. Secondly, we wait in space, with space, not in space. So as we've read, waiting is active, it's something active, it's not passive. So we must make space, prepare him room. Are we making space? The, the story of Jesus being born, they were told that the inn, there was no room at the inn. It was full, Mary and Joseph were told. I want to ask us, what, what are our lives full of right now? What are our lives full of? 
As I mentioned earlier with that word content, we need to be discontent with what the world is pushing towards us, the content that's coming towards us, because the reality is it's addictive. It's addictive and it's alarming and it feeds into our insecurities, filling voids that need to be emptied and re-surrendered to God. And I don't know about you guys, but it's like the first week of November, it's all of a sudden like thrown in towards us, isn't it? In all sorts of ways, all sorts of ways. What to listen to, what to buy, what to watch, what to eat, where to go. What do we fill our lives with at Christmas? What is being thrown our way that we actually need? Content, content, content. And we can fill, fill, fill. It's my prayer that we would look at that honestly and make some choices to give deliberate space this Advent. And I think in doing that, that's where we will meet and see God more. Where we'll know his presence just that bit closer in those decisions. So as we wait, what things are we to do less of? What are we to stop? What have we picked up or filled up this last year that the Lord wants us to lay down? What takes over when December hits and we hear Mariah? I'm not going to sing it. And sometimes, oh, maybe at the Christmas party, there we go, there's a lot. <laughs> and sometimes it isn't the laying down, but it's a looking at priorities. It's amazing what an honest look at priorities and motives and can do. It reminds me a bit of a spring clear out, an advent clear out to create space. There we go, an advent clear out to create space. Psalm 139, those famous verses, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What an awesome declutter prayer that is. A make space prayer this Advent season. Mary went from being, we read in the passage, greatly troubled to declaring her servanthood and worshiping God. A declutter of the heart and mind. That's what happened for Mary. She says, the mighty one has done great things for me. She reads, she says in verse 49. Zechariah, in spite of their waiting for Elizabeth to conceive, it says in verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. There is a working in our waiting by God, but there's also a responsibility of an act of waiting. A waiting where it's a doing, it's a doing, it's a, it's a verb, an action to draw close, an action to make deliberate space to commune with God, an action to put Him first and make choices that glorify Him in our waiting. If you want to know God's direction more for your life, can I encourage us to make space? If we want to know God's love more intimately and deeply in the day-to-day can I encourage us, make space. If we want to know God's peace and security in the storms of life, can I encourage us, make space. Make space this Advent. Be deliberate. Let's be intentional. So we wait with space. And then finally, we wait with hope. We wait with hope. We are a hope people. We are a people who look back at this miracle with thanksgiving and rejoicing 
but we also look forward that there is a greater story to come. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. So Advent, as we wait, we wait with hope moving forward, a hope that all things will be made new. All things will be made new. That this moment isn't the end of the story. And we give thanks for that great promise. The original hope was a child to be born that would heal the gap between man and God. But Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. I want to finish with this little story. One night at a dinner, a man who had spent many summers in Maine in the United States fascinated his companions by telling of his experiences in a little town called Flagstaff. The town was to be flooded as part of a large lake for which a dam was being built. In the months before it was to be flooded, all improvements and repairs in the whole town were stopped. They pressed pause. What was the use of painting a house if it was going to be covered with water in six months? Why repair anything if the whole village was going to be wiped out? So week by week, the whole town became more and more bedraggled. More just awful looking. It was just in ruins. Then he added by way of explanation, where there is no faith in the future, there's no power in the present. What a picture that is. Where there's no faith in the future, there's no power in the present. We have hope right now. We carry his power in the present right here in this moment with his Holy Spirit in us because of our faith in the future, because of Jesus coming back. What is to come? We have hope. As Jesus' people, we are never to grow hopeless about situations, but look to the coming Christ who will bring his kingdom and his rule in all its fullness. And in the mix of that, there's lots of things that we don't get. There's lots of things that we don't understand. We carry pain. We carry big questions. But we worship a God who draws near to us in our pain. He promises that. And I couldn't do this journey of life without the reassurance and hope that it'll be all made new when he returns. Sometimes it's just about clinging to that. Can I encourage us to carry faith in Jesus, this advent, the coming Jesus? Don't stop building with him in the waiting. Don't stop building with him in the waiting. We have a faith in the future. And there is power in the present. There is a point. And even if it's just picking up one small brick with the kernel of faith that you have in this moment. Faithfully bring it, bring it, keep building with Jesus. We wait with hope. So let's change the way we wait. Let's not be content with the same old. And let's challenge the content that's thrown at us as we wait. Let's be full of expectation this Advent. Set the sail, set the sail these coming weeks. Let's be full of space declutter. What does it look like? A decluttering of our hearts and minds. What does it look like practically from tomorrow? Create space to be with God and to be full of hope. Bring that one piece, even if it's just that one piece, to build with God.
this Advent season in our waiting. And practically speaking, can I encourage us to go to the 24-7 app on your smartphones, download that app. The Lectio app is journeying through Advent as of today with morning and evening devotionals, about 10 minutes long. Fantastic, absolutely brilliant top drawer stuff. There's also, if you've got children, there's a Lectio for Families app as well, which is brilliant and it has the lady from Swashbuckle, which is a, a good draw for our kids as well. We have to explain, this isn't a Swashbuckle moment, kids. This is, this is Gemma speaking, but she does often a lot of the devotionals as well. Can I encourage us to create space in practical, meaningful, deliberate ways with uh, our families or individually in these spaces in the coming weeks? Let's wait well. Let's start. <laughs>